Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 82, we head back to the not-so-distant past of the 2010s to discuss our favorite movies of that decade. It was a time of franchises, sequels, a growing independent movie scene, and with the internet, you can basically make any kind of movie, post it online, and anybody can watch it. What will be on our list today? Stay tuned for the episode, and thanks for listening the 2010s and the best movies of the 2010s which we all started these lists this week and from what everyone has said this has been the toughest list to make so far makes sense since we probably saw more movies from this decade than any other and i don't suspect that any of us will have the same movie twice like i really don't think anybody's gonna have the same movie twice like if it if if we do <laughs> if we do it's gonna be yeah <laughs> my whole list all <laughs> the top five movies are just show dogs over and over again it's a great movie um but I really feel like it's gonna be like one or two movies but everything else is gonna be um only mentioned once throughout the episode I, I feel like in the previous episodes we concocted this game where. We try to guess what on what's going to be on everyone's list, and uh, this time we're going to do it for the 2010s. So let's just get into it. If you've seen the show before, or if you've heard the show before, you know what's going on. Let's just get into it. Zach, you just finished your list, so can I put you on the spot? Sure. Of what you think is going to be on everyone's list. All right. So, like for each person, or top three? Yes, top three. Uh, yeah. If you make it yeah. into the bottom half of their list, the bottom five. You get a point, but if you get it in the top five, you get two points. Yeah, I'll start with Hunter. Uh, Hunter, I have Civil War, Book of Eli, and Creep. Um, Justin, I got Nice Guys, Toy Story 3, and Guardians of the Galaxy. And for Chloe, I have Midsummer, Creep, and Terrifier. So for Justin, I have Endgame, Django Unchained, and Nice Guys. For Zach, I have Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, and Cabin in the Woods. And then for Hunter, I have Birdman, Creep, and Parasite. All of those were 100% guesses. Justin, I think you have Django Unchained, um, Into the Spider-Verse, and The Nice Guys on your list. Zach, you got Endgame, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Deadpool. And Chloe has Hereditary, Midsummer, and Creep. I now regret how much I praised The Nice Guys on this show. And I should have never done it. Because <laughs> we um, all put the nice guys on your list. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you all. I shouldn't have ever said anything. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, for Hunter, I have Green Room, Inherent Vice, and Scott Pilgrim. Uh, for Zach, I have Endgame, Into the Spider-Verse, and Logan. And for Chloe, I have Midsummer, Get Out, and Us. I'm really predictable, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are the best horror movies in the past 10 years. You so did it's... You did just yeah. say, too, it's like it's these more yeah. bigger blockbuster horror movies started actually getting good. Well, yeah. and I'm pretty sure all of you had Midsummer on there, and I was very vocal about my love. I saw that movie three times in theaters within, like, a week of each other. So Yeah. 
Justin, you picked Inherent Vice to be on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, did you look at my letterbox, my top four movies? I did not. No, I remember you talking about it because you asked me if I had seen you it. You did it? No, because you asked me if I had ever seen that movie, and I said no, and you went on and on about it. And I remembered that you liked Green Room and Scott oh, Pilgrim. Oh, okay. And then I was like, but... And I was trying to remember because I'm like, I feel like it's some weird-ass Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Because I remember <laughs> I was talking about Phantom Thread, and you were talking about Inherent Vice. Because I don't think either one of us has seen the other one. I've never seen Inherent Vice. No, I... I don't think you've seen Phantom Thread. No, that's the last uh, PTA movie I haven't seen yet. I put Inherent Vice on my four featured films on my letterbox page. Because um, I was listening to 70 millimeter and they there's a guy on there who does like his first three movies are his favorite three and then the fourth one is the best movie like the best first watched movie he's seen in the past year mm-hmm. and so i have inherent vice up on mine because that was like the best movie best first time watched movie in the past year that i've seen nice anyway who wants to go first first so my number ten movie is uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, solid movie. I've watched a million times. Um, pretty sure one of the first times I watched it. I don't know if it was the very first time, but the most memorable time was probably watching it with Hunter. Um, yeah, that was the first time with, I watched it. When you're living with, with Sam. You. Yeah, uh, solid flick. Um, super cool comic series. Um, Super original too, um, and the music is great. Um, yeah, love it. Yeah, it's kind of the worst Edgar Wright movie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> did we did we do did we do an episode either on Scott Pilgrim or on Edgar Wright? No, oh, we I don't should. Think... We talk about him a lot, though. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah, I feel like we have an Edgar Wright movie on every list. Yeah, like, in some capacity. You know that could be another game where we movie. we try to guess. <laughs> we should. I'm kidding. I mean, actually, I think I've said this before. <laughs> I'm like, technically, it's on the bottom, but like, it's still good. Um, there is an Edgar Wright movie on my list, but it's probably not the one that you would think because he released three in the 2010s, I believe, but. Yeah, it can only be one then, right? That I, I mean, like I know it's, I mean I would guess it now, but I'm not gonna. But I think I know it. No, I hundred percent know what it is. No, but I mean, like it. that could have been a fun game where we all tried to guess which Edgar Wright movie would be on each like list on each other's. Oh, list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hundred percent know what Justin's would be then. I don't know. Are we gonna? Well, who else has Scott Pilgrim on their list? I guess Hunter does. Uh. I do. You I'm not telling you where on my list, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> I will. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, can I go guess it does, does it does it matter if I say where it is on my list? <laughs> not really. Because okay, we'll, it's we'll number two. Oh my okay. God. Oh, so it's up there. Good. <laughs> it's Damn. way up there. You crossed it out. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> yeah, I I uh I crossed Scott Pilgrim out and put Creep there. So oh. <laughs> how unfortunate. <laughs> right. Yeah, creeps trolling them. <laughs> yeah. It's number one. 
right, yeah. Um, yeah, so Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim's on my list. Talk about it more down the line. My number 10 is one that I just watched a few days ago, Vivarium. For the first time? Yeah. You've only Whoa. watched it have, yeah. And you like it that much? Yeah. It I have to watch really it at least good. twice to make sure. No, what? this one, yeah. What's it called? Wait, but can you spell it out? What was that? V-I-V-A-R-I-U-M, Vivarium. Is that the one with Jesse Eisenberg? Uh, yes. And Imogen Poots. Yeah. Poopy gins? Yeah, so I remember Hunter was telling me about it a while ago. It came out in 2019, and I meant to watch it, and I didn't for a really long time, and then I watched it. I had a couple days off last week or the week before, and I watched it, and it just it blew me away. I loved it. Yeah? Yeah. It's good. It's a weird yeah. movie, but it's good. It's so weird. I don't know anything about it. So the basic premise is that this couple, they are, like, looking for a house – Mm-hmm. And they end up going into this like suburb area and it turns into a vivarium. Like they're trapped there and they like it's so weird. Yeah. It's so very like crazy- labyrinthian. Yeah. So is the craziest part that Imogen Poots ends up with Jesse Eisenberg because that couple would never end up together. That is pretty weird. Yeah. Okay. Well it happens in another movie. <laughs> Does it? Are they in another yeah. movie? It's in uh uh What's that karate movie they were just in? Oh, The Art um, of Self-Defense. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a couple in that movie. Or, I don't know. They're like not officially a couple. It's like she you was, can tell they eventually become a couple. She was in okay. Batman v Superman as Lucy Luther. <laughs> Wait, was she actually? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> it would make that movie even better. <laughs> Lucy Luther. <laughs> they make a good couple. I'd like to see them in more movies together. We've definitely had an Imogen like Poots um, discussion She's in before. Green Room. Yeah, she's in Green Room, I guess. She's the Nazi in Green Room. Yeah, I want to see it. It's been on my list for a while. I just haven't gone around. Highly it. recommend. It's super weird, but it's in, like the whole time I was super interested in what was going on. Like, but I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> I think we should do an episode. I think doing an episode on it would be fun. Yeah, you could. I mean, I've seen it, but you could pick it for your. What for one year, picked movies yeah. or for it's almost a horror movie. You could probably do like a horror corner. Yeah, it's like a it. more like a psychological thriller, but I do kind of lump those in with horror. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. You um, guys should watch. I just watched Possessor. Um, I think I started telling you guys about it, but I didn't finish it till today. I think that would have been on your list, Chloe. Okay. Um, I remember you telling me about it. I am so bad about getting around to movies. It takes me so long. I'm getting a tattoo tomorrow, so maybe like after that, I'll come home and just watch it. Because <laughs> I cool. won't want to do anything else. Just watch it with Mark. Alright, my number 10 movie is the eighth installment from Quentin Tarantino, The Hateful Eight. Hell yeah. I knew I wanted a western on my list. And so it was a pretty easy decision. I love that movie. So you manifested it. Yep. Hateful Eight. I should have put it in my eighth placement just because it's his eighth movie and it's called The Hateful Eight, but it's number ten. Hateful Eight really makes me miss like when we would record in person because yeah. the last big like project that we did together was like do all the Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah. But yeah, that almost made my list too because it's such a good. 
such a good movie. Stella has never seen any Tarantino things, but I was rewatching that movie in the other room. And the only part that she came out of the bedroom for to talk to me about something was the scene where Samuel L. Jackson was explaining what he did to the general's <laughs> son. And she was listening yeah. to it and she's like, this is the worst movie ever. I'm like, you're you're watching this one scene out of context. And she's like, this is awful. She's like, this is not funny at all. And I was like, no. See, I'm like, this didn't this didn't actually happen. I'm like, he's only saying this to mess with him. This did not happen. And she's like, this scene's only three hours long, Stella. <laughs> That's the like, one specific scene that, like, the worst part that she ever come up to. That's like the scene that your like parents walk in, you watching, and they're like, what do you want? And it's like, really, this is what I'm going to get in trouble for? Not for all the gore, but for this. <laughs> Wait, did he not actually do that? I mean, that, it's kind of left up to debate, but like, I, I assume no. I think he just did it to piss the guy off, and I think most people say that it didn't really happen, but because it's so ridiculous, not even like the act itself but just the fact that he's like brought him into the middle of the cold and it, like it kind of is a little far-fetched like this is a really weird way to kill someone mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean yeah i guess to be a lot of work i think it's part of the intrigue but uh, i mean to be him in that time period like you it's called the hateful eight like you probably had a lot of hate i mean he lied about the lincoln all the too, injustice yeah, yeah i think he lied but i think he like he wanted the general to shoot at him so he could shoot him dead first, you know? Yeah. Also, uh, I lied. I did look at your top 400. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> I thought so. Like, there's no way he picked Inherent Vice to be on my Hey, didn't it sound like a believable story? We did actually have a conversation about Inherent Vice, but... Yeah, I believed you. No, like, after... No, because after what you just just told me about it, I was like, you know what? I was like, maybe that was a bad, maybe that was a bad idea. I was like, because I was like, I've never heard him. I remember talking about it once, but I don't remember talking it beyond that. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure it's a good idea. I didn't really know what was doing there. Screw if you, you look remember? in my, if you look in my bio on Letterboxd, in the bio it says that the fourth movie is just like my Hunter, favorite I don't movie. Read that crap. Past year. You know what? You all took the nice guys from me, and you all get two points for basically doing nothing. So screw you all. Um, well, you got a point from Scott Pilgrim for me. So, all right. Well, you know what? You just deduced that I'm a basic superhero bitch. So <laughs> you took my life. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. My number ten is Guardians of the Galaxy. So you get one from me, Zach. congratulations yes i like guardians of the galaxy is my favorite movie in the marvel cinematic universe still i think it's the best one probably because it's very similar to star wars the original um but with that kind of um anti-hero flavor to it and i enjoy the humor i think it looks like a good movie it's a very stylish movie a lot of good effects and um, a storyline I'm really into. I just kind of like how they all join together in kind of the most random way. The way they all get captured after causing a public nuisance the way they did on Xander. And um, mm-hmm. 
yeah i uh i dig the whole movie and i like that it's the introduction of thanos like i think it's just kind of cool that of everything that's going on in that movie they also introduced thanos for the first time which he ended up having a way bigger part of it later and i just think it's a very well casted movie and you know even the the star lord's connection to his mom and everything that happened him like it it touches at the heartstrings i don't like the second Mm -hmm. one as much and i think a lot of people i think nowadays i think they choose the second one over the first and i get why but personally i like kind of like that the first one's a little more laid back so Mm -hmm. yeah it's my favorite one nice sweet cool all right uh my number nine is gonna be the nice guys (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i couldn't not have it on my list come on guys um i the pairing of the two uh, it's just the best uh buddy cop weird odd couple comedy uh yeah it's it's so good um i love anything like set in that time period like 60s 70s kind of more um and ryan gosling just pe- playing off of uh um russell crowe it's it's fantastic i desperately desperately wanted to put it on my list but i haven't seen it i, I i've only seen it one time and i haven't seen it in like four years and i know it's still good and it holds up but um it's yeah i haven't seen it in so long that i couldn't put it on my list but it's okay <laughs> yeah whatever Justin. i just rewatched it like recently for my yearly yeah. rewatch by yearly <laughs> rewatch i'll get to it later it's great i'm willing to bet like that's gonna be justin's favorite movie of the 2010s i'm just gonna say it now. just i mean yeah. why don't we just save some <laughs> secrets for the end <laughs> you know actually you know what just go on my, go on my letterbox right now and just go look at my top four and no i don't do the whole fourth place doesn't actually mean fourth place hunter <laughs> i should have changed it like for tonight though just to be like sure that no one copied mine unlike what I, I, you didn't do that hunter but but i should have like just made every one of my slots tammy and the t-rex just to make sure no one could rip uh, them every single one but even apart from just like the comedy aspect the uh it's actually like a good detective story uh, the actual mystery of it is actually a good like it actually keeps you invested yeah it's a good mystery and it's, I like that it's not like so confusing. I'm I I like movies that are mysteries and it can be a little confusing, but I like when if it's not your you. specific only like they're also a comedy movie, so it's not specifically like a mystery movie. So I like that the mystery aspect is like not so complex. Like mm-hmm. it totally makes sense and it's so good. No, yeah, yeah. Like it's simple enough to not bore you. And the comedy keeps it light, but it's it's also like serious, serious mm-hmm. comedy. But, yeah, I know, I every love... every time we talk about the nice guys, I always ask if you guys have seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang yet. I have. I still haven't. 
And, yeah. Uh, I did. I Justin, just did you I like did it? finally watch it. Yeah, and there's like a lot in it that reminds me of the Nice Guys. It is very much mm-hmm. like a spiritual predecessor to it. I do have to watch it yeah. again. That was that is a really good movie. It's just a little. It's just a little slower pace than the nice guys. And I guess depending who you are, you can like one or the other more. Have that buddy cop feel almost to it. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, I don't know. Like, a lot of people talk about how, like, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels and then Snatch are, like, almost like 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 sequel films to each other. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the nice guys are kind of like sequel films. And then... I feel like Shane Black is going to do another movie that's going to be almost like a trilogy of those movies where it's going to be like completely different setting, but it's going to be like two people solving a mystery like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And Shane Black, dude. who knows? Kiss, it bang, bang. could be even better. Huh? Did Shane Black do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All of his movies have that same humor as nice guys like iron man 3 and then the predator movie too like they just i don't know i i love anything he does i would go see just because it's i know it's going to be hilarious he just ha- he just does kids very well he can direct yeah kids. weirdly well like creepy but it's too good to like not <laughs> like i don't know like he makes kids too smart in the movies <laughs> yeah but it's good because, like, I mean, no, yeah, kidding. we need it. It's just all of a sudden, it's just weird though, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Number <laughs> nine. All right. So my number nine is also one that I watched this year, not for the first time, but I watched it. Uh, Bone Tomahawk. Thank you. Oh. Good. Yeah, it was really good. I think. What did I originally watch it for? The creepy corner, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was the first time I watched it, and man, I loved it. The first time I've watched it like twice since then, and I I still love it so much. It's I'm not typically a western person, but I think western and horror goes really really nicely together, and mm-hmm. this movie is like the perfect marriage of the two. Yeah, I think that's, that's the cool. that's the one that I remember the most of from the Creepy Corner episode. That movie I keep seeing it at Menards, and I keep passing up buying it. I might. One of these days, I don't know. They they sell movies there, and one of them is like they don't they they don't sell like movies you've heard of. They're all like really random or really old. And then there's Bow and Tomahawk. I'm like, well, I've seen that, and that's actually really good. Maybe all these movies are good. Now I I like Bow and Tomahawk, but and I don't remember if I said this on the episode, but people hyped up hyped it up so much for me before I watched it mm-hmm. that it kind of let me down. Like it was still really good. Like I, but I wish I I hadn't heard anything about it first. Like if I would have waited until I had heard it on on your corner, then I would have loved it. I think, but because people said this is the most incredible horror movie ever, like it's just the best western ever. That like by the time it came, it was like way less gory than everyone said it was gonna be, and it was less. There was like I expected jump scares for some reason, and there weren't any, and like. Yeah. I just ended up like not really liking it like I probably would have if I didn't have any expectations going into it. Yeah. So. Yeah, if it had been hyped up like that, I think I would have been disappointed. I had heard that it was really gory and there's not like a lot of gore, but the gore that they 
they do have is like super upsetting in like the best way. I'm okay with the minimal gore because it's so brutal, but mm-hmm. if it had been hyped up, I probably would have been let down. Yeah. A lot of gross gore and it's a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. Like it's mostly walking. It's weirdly <laughs> entertaining walking though. Like I think it's fun. No, yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's like it's not a boring movie. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of the scary parts. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. I would say it's a Western first, horror second, because the Western part is way more prominent than the horror part is, but it definitely mm-hmm. is both. Yeah. I want to see that guy's other movies. I I, I see, like, his other movies are all, pr- pretty much all of them are available to stream, like Dragged Across Concrete and Brawling Cell Block, whatever. <clears throat> and I've heard they're really, really good and, like, scary. <laughs> Yeah, not I do quite horror, say, but terrifying. It's hard for me to branch out, though. Like, even if I like one director's thing, I'm like, well, maybe their other movies suck. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, I really wanted a war movie, and the only war movie in the past like ten years that I want to keep going back to and revisiting is 1917. Really. Um, yeah, I top ten of the decade. Yeah, not even getting like I I I've watched it twice now, and I still want to go back and rewatch it. I mean, I I love one shot movies, but that one, the war part of it is so fun, and the stories are so fun, and like the there's kind of like endless symmetry uh, kind of throughout the movie that I really really like. Um, and I, I just the whole time watching, like I can either like, f- like fall into the experience and just experience it as a movie, or I love like just watching and wondering how they made this, like where the camera is, like how how is the camera going across this water right now, like Evil Dead, <laughs> but then come out into like a bomb like explosion scene, and like how does you know I don't know, like I I really whole movie is fascinating and i love it so my number nine is the social network yeah i love the social network i actually saw this movie the day it came out in 2010 and uh this kind of goes with the year of like really getting into movies kind of like inception and i was very hyped for this movie because i was like it was about the making of facebook and that's all i really knew about Mm -hmm. it i was like oh it's like the facebook movie I remember seeing the trailer and being like, that doesn't make sense. Like, it's just going to be people meeting on Facebook. No, it's about the making of Facebook. And it's very quirky in the best way that Aaron Sorkin does. And I think it's David Fincher's best movie. I think it's better than Fight Club. Um, I don't know. I really like the look of it. I like the fast-paced nature of it. I feel like a lot of happens... And it feels like a longer movie, even though it's only two hours, but like in a good way, where I'm like, it feels very fulfilling. And I guess that just means it's very tight in the story and the script. And um, I just don't feel like, given my limited knowledge of movies at the time, I don't really feel like I appreciated it as much as I should have. I really like it a lot, and I still do, but I feel like I should rewatch it. It has been a couple years. The only thing... I will say at this point is that 
I, I'm not sure how well the movie ages in a way now because I think a lot of people like it for the screenplay. It is a very, it's probably one of the best screenplays ever written, really. It is very well put together. Very funny, but very insightful. Gets its, you know, it's like a, a lot of these biopics never really turn out well, and this one did somehow. Yeah. But I feel like the movie maybe doesn't paint Facebook in a negative way. And, or like, I guess it doesn't really focus on that nature of it. Like what Facebook will actually do to people because this movie came out in 2010. So no one really knew yet. And now Mm -hmm. we're like 10 years later and I'm like, we have seen like Facebook kind of become this completely different thing. And I was like, this movie either like, I don't know how I would watch it today if all that stuff wouldn't really matter because it really focuses on the characters anyway, but I feel like this movie could use a sequel. I really feel like this movie could use a sequel with Jesse Eisenberg back, Mark Zuckerberg again, and about how he's pretty much ruining the world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. David Fincher said he said he would direct another one if Aaron Sorkin wrote another one. I would totally. I think they should do it. I think that would be one of the best sequels ever written. There's a um, a Writers Guild, or no, Directors Guild podcast I listen to, and it had um, David Fincher on it, and I think it was Adam McKay told him, he said, hey, like, when are you going to make a social network too? And he said, as soon as Aaron writes me one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's that's part of the reason why I haven't re-watched the social network, because I don't want to watch a movie that kind of glorifies someone that I kind of despise. (laughs) well see like okay so it doesn't it doesn't glorify him i don't think that movie paints mark zuckerberg in a positive way at all but the things that it's focusing on is not you know the creation of facebook and what it might potentially do to people because even in 2010 i don't know i don't even think they knew what facebook was going to become or what social media was going to end up like because at that point it was all about you know poking or you know yeah yeah things like that and you know i think it doesn't it doesn't you know paint him in a positive light because he technically does some pretty nasty things and i think it's meant to be more like a i don't know do you think he's a good guy do you think he did an okay thing or do you not and it's like i don't think he did but technically those other guys didn't really have the means to make their product anyway so Mm -hmm. technically i mean yeah, they should have sued him, and yeah, they should have won something, but really, he went and created his own thing, and I think the movie paints that really well, but it's just due for a sequel, because it's like, now we really need to focus on the Mark Zuckerberg now, and what he became, and how he tried tried to change his public persona into something else, like he's a aspiring tech leader, when really it's like, I don't even think he knows what he's doing. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't think he realizes that um, some of his decisions change the world and not always in the best ways. So yeah, I think that would be a really interesting sequel. I think you could take it yeah. in so many directions and go at so many times, uh, periods of time between 2010 and now. Yeah. 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 I think it definitely makes him look like an asshole. Like I think the, that movie, like he looks, cause it's like not even about Facebook. Like it's called the social network, but really it is about him being like using it to like as a joke or as like a prank against a girl like 
like and that is like the full circle like at the end of the movie he like admits it like this was all just to get back at this one girl like i guess when I, an asshole. I did watch it when it like pretty much came out and that was like the only time i really watched it so i guess point and where i was watching it was like oh jesse eisenberg's obviously the main character i should have like always be on his side when i'm watching it so maybe i should watch it again you should watch it again yeah i think i should it would be yeah. interesting to watch now compared to then yeah the first scene of the movie he's like in the bar with this girl he's dating and right. the way that he treats her and talks to her sets the tone for the rest of the movie and how his mind works as being an ass like a completely narcissistic asshole who's yeah also like has incel energy i don't know if i just pro- didn't process that or not i was so young when i watched it so mm-hmm. yeah i should watch it again justin i remember in like seventh or eighth grade and in, in your old man in the sea movie <laughs> did you put in yeah. you put in like a song or two from i want to say like the uh like the the kayak race or something i think you'd, move, you'd use music from that and inception and I, I yeah i used music from inception i used music from the opening scene of the social network and um i used music from when he's first creating that first website and that song is titled in motion and i use that for the part where i'm getting ready to go out fishing and i do all those shots of like the of like the tackle box and it's going like dunk 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 and then um the opening yeah. song was from you know it's like that sad piano music and i play that when like the boy tells the old man oh i can't go fishing with you anymore sorry i'm shocked that you remember all of that like that oh yeah <laughs> that shocks me i remember because in your credits you said like music from the social network <laughs> yeah no i love i love those movies and, like, so yeah the, the 9 inch nails guys who wrote it i remember well, my number eight is Logan. So whoever I forgot who put that on my list. And Justin uh, did. Oh, I did. You got a point. Um, yeah, Logan was such like it was a good cap on that on the X Men franchise. Um, it was just such a perfect X Men movie. Like they couldn't have done it any better. Um, I never watched the black and white version, but um, yeah, it was such such a good uh, way to develop the uh, the character of Logan and of Professor X. Um, I never thought of him as like a dementia ridden kind of character, but it worked, it worked really well. And like the explanation of why they're like the rest of the team isn't there. A lot of these movies I just really want to rewatch. Um, mm-hmm. while, but yeah, Logan is, I really want them if, if they like end up merging I don't know how they're going to bring X-Men into the MCU, but if they were like to bring um, that girl back, um, I thought she was great. X-23? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like if they were to do like the multiverse and that's how they introduce X-Men, I think she would be a great addition to the MCU. Yeah. Um, that way they wouldn't necessarily have to recast Logan because, you know... Hugh Jackman was him for 20 years. It's hard to really recast that role. Yeah. But if they do, I understand. I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what did you guys think of Logan? It's it's, it's definitely, yeah. I it thought it was shit. 
I thought it was so yeah. dumb because they had Ryan Reynolds in it and they sewed his mouth shut and it was like, what is going on? Like, why would you do that to? De- oh wait, oh you're talking about Logan. Oh, you're talking. Oh, about- oh, oh wait, oh, oh Logan. I meant X Men Origins. <laughs> no, you know what? Actually, I love that movie and. Blob. <laughs> you you should you should watch the black and white the black and white versions actually worth it like all of yeah the, that's what I like all the well, other I mean, black and white cuts out there are not I don't think are worth it but Logan actually I think it's even better in black and white I'll I'll only say this the thing that pisses me off about that movie is that it came out in like March 2017 and everyone collectively was like like this is exactly how it went that weekend passed and everyone talked about Logan they're like yeah yeah Logan it's so great. That was it, and no one ever brought it up again. Like I, I don't really hear people bring that movie up anymore, and it kind of yeah. makes me sad because I'm like, "Yo, that was like one of the best like superhero movies ever." And we're just gonna kind of honestly I, still best westerns of like our of the last decade too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's such a good desperado. I don't, I don't know what's like the. The protagonist of like westerns like wolverine is such a good sheriff type yeah he's like a reluctant like a rancher that doesn't want to get involved but is forced to yeah 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 just like that that old trope of like western movies yeah he's yeah reluctant hero that james mangle like his westerns are like his thing i wish he would just do more westerns the one little gripe i had because i was like the weird clone of Logan, the weird like mm-hmm. young version. Um, I wasn't really fond of that, but the rest of the movie was damn near perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good ass movie. Worthy, worthy of the list. My number eight is the Babadook. Really? Yeah. So it's weird. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I hated it because I I kept hearing like, oh, it's the scariest horror movie of all time. Like it was super hyped up for me. I went into it with the mindset that it was going to be a super terrifying horror movie. Like a year later, I had been hearing about it more and more um, in horror communities, but I've been hearing it as more of like a psychological drama. and And a gay icon. And a gay icon. And (laughs) (laughs) I watched it through the lens of more of this, like, psychological thriller drama, like a slow breakdown of a family. And watching it through that lens made it a million times better. I had the exact same experience. Like, people hyped it up. I watched it. I'm like, this is not good. And then rewatched it looking at it through that lens, and it blew me away. And I thought it was just incredible. And I think it's one of the best horror movies ever made. No. Yeah, I've heard from a lot of people that like it now. That's the experience that they went through. Like they hated it, gave it another chance through a different lens, and then they absolutely loved it. And I think it's such a smart movie, but you have to be watching it in the right mindset to get everything out of it. Yeah, it's no saw. You know, it's not yeah. some mindless movie. It's it's a experiential movie, like. Mm-hmm. That happens to be horror almost. It's 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 like a making you live through this like family trauma without yeah. actually living through it in a way. Like 
It's just like all like every stage of grief happening instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. I really love it. I don't. I don't know why I never got to it. That I don't know. It was weird because I, I usually see the really talked about horror movies, and then I don't know. That one kind of came and went. Um, I mm-hmm. I stopped believing people about you know oh this is the scariest movie ever and then you watch and get disappointed i stopped believing that after i saw the conjuring because everyone was saying that mm-hmm. same thing and then after seeing it and i liked the conjuring but after seeing it i was like oh people just lie like okay like <laughs> so i just stopped listening every time someone's like this is the scariest ever i'm like yeah okay actually the only time was hereditary because they were like that's like the scariest movie ever and i'm like all right and i went saw it alone in the theater and i was like okay this is actually like something <laughs> and but other than mm-hmm. that, like, I don't know. It's, I totally get that though, where it's like, if you're told like what the movie is primarily going to be good at, and it's just a disappointment in that regard, it's like, it just throws you off. So, um, definitely won't be watching it looking out for it being the worst movie ever then, <laughs> or I mean the, the scariest yeah. movie ever. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, a lot it's, of it's... drama than horror, but like in a scary, like it's, it's, horrifying family drama midsummer or not midsummer sorry hereditary almost ripped off babadook in some ways not not the like um secret cult thing but like more like the family aspect of hereditary is like pretty much the whole part of babadook is between this like single mother and like her kid as he's like in like the most annoying phase of childhood and like how her how she just can't find a way to grieve and like it's almost like i don't, I don't know i'm not going to give too much away but it is 100% like the dynamic between like this like now like smaller family and dealing with the trauma uh but yeah don't watch it expecting like the boogeyman or something or i don't know another <laughs> not like a a slasher movie like i thought it was going to be and i think I was expecting, like, people were talking about how scary the monster was. I think you only actually see the Babadook once. And then the rest of the time you just, like, hear him or, like, you get suggestions of him. And I hated that at first. Love it now. Zach doesn't like it at all, so. Zach doesn't think there's any layers to the movie. It's only jump scares (laughs) the whole movie. Wait, why is he a gay icon? Uh, so when it had first come out, um, Netflix had accidentally put it in like the LGBTQ <laughs> section. I've seen <laughs> interviews of people like talking about like how inspirational the Babadook was for them, and I'm like, what you're saying like could be applied to literally any person from any movie. <laughs> like, like every movie has an outcast. It's not just the Babadook, <laughs> like the monster. <laughs> on the letterboxed uh, thing for the Babadook. And, like, all of them mm-hmm. were, like, the B in LGBT stands for Babadook. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd already seen the Babadook, and then when it showed up on Netflix in that section, like, seeing it advertise <laughs> that section, I'm like, whoa, I completely misunderstood this movie. If that's <laughs> Like, I missed so many things. <laughs> Wait, was it was it an accident or was it actually purposely put there? It was an accident. I it was- That's I heard it was totally an accident. So, mm-hmm. my number eight pick is uh, "Free Fire" from Ben Wheatley. 
uh, I think Justin, you've seen. I think me and you watched it together, maybe. Or I remember I telling you I didn't did like I watch this it? movie. Really? Yeah. Did yeah. I watch this? Did Zach? Did you come over and watch uh, Free Fire? Mm-mm. Okay. I think you'll like it. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> I don't know how else, how to like really explain it. It's after it's, it's hearing, like a after hearing nothing about it, I believe you. <laughs> okay, I'm just it's wrong. really good. <laughs> yeah, Justin's wrong. Don't let him tell you anything about the movie because it's great. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like I don't know. I I have like in my mind I have like this like list of like spiritual like Coen Brothers Quentin Tarantino movies, or it's like kind of in between. Like, mm-hmm. it could be made by either of them. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those movies where it's, like, kind of like a Cohen movie, kind of like a Tarantino movie. Um, it's a, it's very similar to, like, Hateful Eight and Reservoir Dogs. Um, but then it's also, like, kind of reminds me of of some parts of that. Um, ah, shoot, what's it called? The Bad Times at the El Royale. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of feels, it has, like, some kind of like energy like that um but the whole movie is literally one giant gunfight <laughs> that happens in like it's like it's like a 1970s like boston warehouse and there's like a like a gun deal going down like trading like assault rifles or something mm-hmm. and basically like they all get jumpy and start shooting at each other and the whole movie is just one really long firefight oh, okay. and it's really well done it's hilarious Mm. and so it's like an action comedy kind of um it's got a ton of like really big actors and it's got brie larson army hammer cillian murphy um the guy from district nine uh there's more guys i'm spacing their names right now but um those are probably like the big names that you'd recognize yeah um oh the 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 guy from the, the boyfriend from midsummer is in it Oh, um, okay. <laughs> gets put in the bear. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, yeah it's so good. Uh, like 2014, I think, 14 or 15. I might, I might say that for one of my picks, and then I'll just have, wait till you guys can come over and watch it because I want to watch it with you. I think it's yeah. that good. But yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, especially if it's like, yeah, Coen Brothers. I know what you mean, like that kind of feeling between Coen Brothers and Tarantino. Um, yeah. Like, so it feels more like, does it feel more like Reservoir Dogs than anything? Because that's what I'm picturing. It's like warehouse kind of, like. Uh, in a way, like, I, I wouldn't put it too much on there. Like, it actually, like, feels almost kind of like a Shane Black movie, too, in terms of, like, the comedy that's in it. Okay. Kind of feels like it could be, like, the nice guys or something. Given, um, given the actors that you listed off, yeah, I can see that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that then. Okay, it's it's good. I I love it. Um, my number eight is Quentin Tarantino's oh. Django Unchained, which I have gone off about this movie before. Praised it. I think it was on the top of my Quentin Tarantino list. Might have been closely tied with something else. Um, but I I do come back to Django Unchained the most, which is weird because it is like a two and a half hour movie it's very long but it's Mm -hmm. i really i like the entire movie even the part where they you know get the calvin candy's ranch 
where the rest of the movie kind of takes place there for the last hour and a half. Um, I, I just like the whole movie. I think it's action packed. It's got a lot of good music in it. Um, I like that Tarantino kind of has this revisionist approach to slavery in the South and how he, um, like, because it's almost it almost becomes a white savior story, but I think they really save it by the third act because that is that's a trope that does really annoy me. But it's uh by the mm-hmm. third act they really save it because they do. I mean, I guess if I'm spoiling it for anyone, um, they do kill off Schultz, which is an amazing character. And that's kind of another reason I like it is I and I know everyone likes him as uh the villain in Inglorious Bastards, but personally, I just liked watching Christoph Waltz be the good guy. I thought it was really entertaining. I thought he was great as a sort of old man prospector kind of dude. I know he's not a prospector. Mm-hmm. That's just what he reminds me of. And I know he's a dentist, but... <laughs> I was always on with, like, the, the Obi-Wan kind of character. Right. He's sort of a prospector because he's a dentist. Yeah. You know <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's what Tarantino <laughs> went for, where he was like, he's like, he's gonna be a prospector. He's like, nah, that's been overdone. But, but you know where you could go prospecting in someone's body, because you know he's obsessed with like body. It's mining that white gold, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, yeah, but like I said, it, it almost becomes that kind of like white savior story. But I, I, what I really like about this movie is that you know, given that it takes place in the time of slavery, like they actually let the third act go to jangle like he's actually the guy who saves the day he's the one who has to break out and he's the one that's got to go save his woman and it's just it becomes like a classic western by the end but it's just so mm-hmm. he's so crazy with the gore in this one like tarantino's always been a little goofy when it comes to gore like it always comes at really um out of nowhere scenes and it's always completely overdone over the top but here it's just brought to an 11 just blood all over the building i mean and even when they're having the funeral for everybody um and they're coming back from the funeral the house is still just covered in blood like they didn't even clean it all up and they're coming in the house and then Mm -hmm. there's Django, and he's gonna blow the place up this movie i think has also to me one of the my favorite like finales of like any movie when they blow up the ranch and they run they walk into like the dark you know they're finally free and everything and credits roll i forgot the name of that song but it's such a good song like it's such a i don't know it's just a really good like it is like the definition to me of what like entertaining movie is no it is good phenomenal western i rewatched it like a couple months ago they're like arguing over the hoods and (laughs) jonah hill's there as like specific... yeah, why, is, why is jonah hill there? and specifically his character's name i think is like baghead number two it's always weird when like so tarantino throws in that that uh that uh australian actress in a lot of his movies i don't even think she's in django but there's a whole scene where django gets like i mean he's like taken to the like that work camp with with other um slaves and the like the slave runners are all australian for some reason <laughs> and just give like the only australian reference he's ever had in his movie that didn't have that girl in it that australian actress maybe he was just getting ready for her to show up on set is it my turn uh all right my number what is it? seven 
Jojo Rabbit. Uh, I couldn't not have it on this list. It was it's such a funny movie. <laughs> uh, just the kids in this movie is like over the top funny. I could not laugh at any scene that these kids were in. Especially that little fat kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jojo! <laughs> <laughs> Anytime they meet, like, why is that kid in like straight up the army? <laughs> I don't. It's what happened, Hitler man. Used. This this movie is a hundred percent historical. That's how Hitler did it. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, but no, I actually cried at like the obvious, I guess, part of the movie where you're supposed to cry, but like. I never thought of, like, I bet there were kids who were kind of, like, in that situation. It just made me think, like, wow, this this actually could happen. And, I mean, I haven't seen very many Taika movies, but this is definitely up there for me. Yeah. Yeah, I love this movie a lot. I have two scenes from that movie that just, like, randomly will run through my head. <laughs> One of them is the scene where all of those like the Nazi inspectors show up at Jojo's house and they have to say Heil Hitler to each person and go on for like 45 seconds when Jojo is talking to his imaginary friend Hitler and like the conversation's over and Taika just goes choose and then jumps out the window (laughs) (laughs) one of the one of the running gags throughout the movie is that like there's a kid who has like multiple clones and they just keep like like a bunch of clones just like throughout like different scenes just keep <laughs> and it's just implying like the scientific breakthroughs that like Germany is having during this time that like no one's talking about <laughs> oh, I want to rewatch it now yeah. my favorite scene is where the friend is like telling Jojo about like how bad the war is going and he's like it sounds like our only friends are the Japanese and between you and me Jojo they don't look very Aryan I was gonna say that's my favorite line in the whole movie and you know what's weird is like that was that was the first time I ever thought where I, I was like sitting there in the theater and I was like you know what that is kind of a gaping like kind of plot hole right there in like the whole Nazi regime I'm like why the hell were they teamed up with the Japanese I mean shouldn't that have opened every German's eyes to be like I think we're hypocrites I'm pretty sure we're hypocrites but like real life plot hole (laughs) that's a real life thing that happened I guess the idea is that they have their own nation so we don't have but it's true it's like of all the history classes I'm like you never think once they would have brought up it's like it's really weird that these two teamed up like it kind of makes no sense because if this was such a big deal to them why the hell did they team up with them and it's like because that should have made everyone acknowledge like oh it's about power that's all it's about it's like yeah yeah and it's like no one wanted to admit that i'm like i like that the fat kid admits it though he's like (laughs) he's the only (laughs) one that seems to notice adults won't won't acknowledge it but you as a kid are like well that's what they say so i guess i'll go along with it but i can see this isn't like the other and that almost could maybe be like the commentary that taiko is trying to make there too is like kids are so innocent Mm -hmm. they'll just point out anything yeah yeah, I love this movie. He was trying to make a joke. Like it could be, it could be that too. But it like you can read into it like so many different ways, and it can work. 
I, th- I think it was just a joke, but I mean, like, I it definitely made me think for a second, like, why have I never thought about that before? <laughs> like, that is kind of <laughs> really weird that, like, I don't know, it's just, but that's, yeah, like you said, it's usually kids who say these things, and then it's like, oh. Yeah, it can easily <laughs> just be a joke, but you can also read it. Right. Now, I love that movie, and I, I really, such a good movie. I got sick of all the, like, there was, like, a lot of, like, write-ups about it and criticism towards it about like how this is so like inappropriate and i just was like shut just shut up like that nobody yeah nobody is watching this movie and then walking out and being like i sympathize with the nazis like no yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody's doing that like people like i hate these write-ups out there because i'm like they just treat everyone like they're that stupid i'm like nobody saw this movie like and and thought that like give me a break Take away TD gives a really good interview about Jojo Rabbit on that um, Directors Guild podcast. Mm-hmm. He he makes a ton of colonialism jokes in it, um, <laughs> but he he talked about that like wondering like they asked if people were if if he ever wondered or cared about people being inspired by this movie. He's like, show me one person who's inspired by this movie. <laughs> like, right. He's like, show me one. <laughs> <laughs> inspired <laughs> no well the whole movie like makes Hitler look like an idiot mm-hmm. like the girl in the attic is like the smartest girl in the whole movie yeah mm-hmm. I, I think they do it really well uh my number seven is Cabin in the Woods Hell yeah. this was probably one of the most surprising movies cause Again, it was one I had heard a ton about, and I it came out in 2011. I don't think I saw it until 2016, 2017, maybe. I saw it really late. I had heard a lot about it, so I didn't really care to see it. Um, and, like, Chris Hemsworth was in it, and I was like, oh, he's not a horror actor. Probably sucks. Um, and then I watched it, and it quickly became one of my favorite horror movies scary movies that I've seen in a really long time because it's just such a weird fresh concept like mm-hmm. the fact that like there's this facility like it it made me think of like SCPs have you guys heard of SCPs before it's like an internet forum where they create all these like creatures and they're held in this containment facility and like that's what it made me think of because basically this facility has all these like mythical creatures that just murder people Mm -hmm. and it it was just fun and so cool and it balanced scary and humor really 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 well i think Mm -hmm. when i first saw this movie i was like are they just trying to do like a hardcore scooby-doo because they have like the stoner (laughs) guy the like jock dude like a couple like random chicks like are they just doing like a hardcore scooby-doo like, it just went off the walls once they got there mm-hmm. i haven't seen it since college but um i remember like someone was trying to explain it to me and that's why like we were chilling in their dorm room or whatever and they just were trying to explain this movie to me and they're like, you know what? And then they just went and found it like online, <laughs> and they just showed me the whole thing. And I was like, oh yeah, that was pretty good. Like, like shot because it's got a title that just sounds like shit. Like it just yeah. does not sound like a good movie. I I think I was confusing it with that awful Jennifer Lawrence movie, Last House on the Left, or something like that. 
Not that one. Not last house. No, it's like house at the end of the. What what one was she in? It was not last no, house. It was last, it's last house on the left. She's in last house on the left. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that was awful, and I think I was confusing it with that because it just had such a generic like, you know, like haunted house kind of title, but the like a modern one that isn't good, and so I was had no wish to see it, and then like finally seen it and I was like oh Richard Jenkins is in this and oh they're like making bets on who's gonna get killed first and <laughs> all these different random monsters I'm like oh so they just create all the horror movies I see and I like that the movie doesn't even end it doesn't technically end on a positive note because they stayed alive they technically brought about the end of the world and I was like oh okay that's kind of interesting so you can't eat this is kind of sequel proof all right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah my number seven is Endgame. This is the only Marvel movie on my list. I um, I love Civil War. I love Winter Soldier. I love Iron Man. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. But if I had to pick like one movie out of the whole Marvel Universe to really sum up my experience in watching movies through the 2010s, like I have to pick Endgame to sum up my the superhero craze that is going on right now and has no end in sight. So I think Endgame for the 2010s is, uh, I think that's my, that's the one I'll go with. And why not? It's, it's incredible and you cry in it and that's all you can ask for, for a movie of this magnitude. So. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It's, it's almost the perfect yeah, it's almost the perfect movie to sum up all of the other 22 movies that happened throughout the last 10, 10 12 mm-hmm. years, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything everything was leading up to this moment, and everything is in mm-hmm. this movie, pretty much. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's less like a movie and more just like an experience. <laughs> it's like the most... <laughs> <laughs> The shittiest way to put it, but it's also like the truest. It's like season six of Lost if it was everything you hoped it would be. You had to be there, man. Yeah. (laughs) This is the first time I've ever been in a sold out movie theater when we saw that, and that was such a cool feeling. Yeah. I am still pissed at that first screening because the sound was so quiet on the speakers that we could barely hear what was going on so we could never really start cheering and I think the whole theater knew that so everybody was just like "Eh." like when when he grabbed the hammer for the first time everyone was like "Eh." and I'm like I (laughs) so you and you guys know I went and saw the movie again that same night with my sister like after we did our mm-hmm. like video about it, I just went again and saw it, and that experience was much better because again, it was sold out. It was all these like college kids going and seeing it late at night, and they actually mm-hmm. amped up the sound. So I was like, "Oh, this is way better." And it was it's and this also was just really fun to like see my sister's reaction to it like right after like seeing it. So I already know all the big moments that are coming, and just thinking like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like oh I'm like oh you th- you think this is where it gets topped I'm like you, <laughs> I was like, um, no I love Endgame too it's weird it's not on my top ten list um, but it's it's funny because like when we all saw it I don't know if anybody 
was considering it like one of the best Marvel movies, but I feel like collectively everyone's opinion of the movie has only improved over time. Um, I know, I know, I know. You two, you and uh, Hunter, were definitely like kind of downers on some of the parts. It wasn't downer. It was more just like I had issues with the second act but I did remember saying that I liked it way more than Infinity War and I mean I stand by that I have I I think Infinity War is just like rubbery CGI garbage at times but Endgame my only thing was I didn't really like when they went back in time because I thought I think it was because I was so adherent to the back to the future rules of time travel and even though the movie literally explained it to me I was still just so bothered by it but now (laughs) Mm -hmm. after multiple rewatches like all of my criticisms are gone. Definitely, like you guys were iffy on Fat Fat Thor. Yeah, I, I knew. I, I don't. I don't remember if you guys were like kind of iffy on uh, on Hulk either. I don't remember that. I always uh, liked Hulk, but it, the only thing about Thor that threw me off was just I thought the prosthetics were pretty bad. Like honestly, even nowadays, like rewatching it, I'm like that belly still seems kind of plasticky i buy it (laughs) i like it way more now because i'm like there's actually like an arc going on with him and um like it's not just fat it's just like a beer gut because he's just like drinking Mm -hmm. feelings away yeah no i think it was just because i thought his beard and his belly looked kind of fake but and i was like this is like a 300 million dollar movie and they can't get something to look a little better but no it's I, I don't care anymore. Like, all my criticisms are pretty much gone. Like, I just love the movie now, and it mm-hmm. climbs up there as, like, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite time. Yeah. I think there was, there was some parts of the time travel I wasn't, like, thrilled on, especially, like, when they went back to, like, the, like, 70s or 80s or whatever, like, that, like, that, that boot camp. Um, and I wasn't, like, I, I thought fat Thor was hilarious but I didn't I didn't realize that they were trying to go for like this oh like he's an actual viking now like he's like he's looking the part of like not a swole viking but he's like a fat mead drinking viking like he's he's more of like an Odin looking person and like so like at the very end when he like is like in like his armor and stuff and I'm like okay he's like full on viking Odin type of guy now like that it made more sense to me the fat Thor but yeah no overall it's an incredible movie and if I ever have kids someday I, this is gonna be a beautiful moment to watch this movie after all the other ones with them so that's why I just was like looking at it through that lens it's like I would love to walk younger people through this <laughs> through the Marvel movies someday and then getting to this movie would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I might I might make this my. I, I think I've said this before, but I might make this my like yearly Christmas movie of like watching, or at least I said I'd watch Infinity War during Thanksgiving, and then I'll get to Christmas and watch Endgame and <laughs> do mm-hmm. that every year. No, I've I've watched Endgame many times, but rewatching it with after watching the whole series with Stella, and we saved Endgame for the very very end, like. We kind of went a little mm-hmm. out of order um, just so we could watch that one as the final, final one and watch it on New Year's. It was like, it was pretty mm-hmm. cool, especially just because, like, you know, she doesn't typically dig those kind of movies or 
you know, not as much as I think we all do, but it was kind of cool to just see that she actually got so into it. And then like the finale, like, I was like, you're a fan now. Now we're going to see all of these every <laughs> opening weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. What you should do is you should watch Age of Ultron on Valentine's Day. Watch, or no, no, sorry. Watch Winter Soldier on Valentine's Day. Watch Age of Ultron on 4th of July. Watch uh, Civil War on 9-11. And then watch <laughs> <laughs> Infinity War on Thanksgiving and then end game on Christmas and then start over in February. The, the complete story. Can I skip Age of Ultron? <laughs> Happy 9-11, everyone. Here's Civil War. My number seven is The Wolf of Wall Street. I think this might actually be my, I don't know, but possibly my favorite Martin Scorsese film. I think, I don't know, because like Taxi Driver is really, really good. I think I just need to rewatch it. Um, I really dug that mm-hmm. movie the first time, but like Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, this is a movie I've been hooked on since the beginning. Just so, it it's just a party of a movie, and it's crazy, and it's hyped up, and it's awful, and all the characters are awful. It's one of those movies where they're like, if you like this movie, you aspire to be them. I'm like, no, like these people are awful. Now let's watch three hours of them being awful. Like I don't know, mm-hmm. like that. I just think it's. I think it's a very entertaining movie and I love the editing style because Scorsese, you know, he's like a very classic like filmmaker in a way, uh, sticks to what makes movies good and he's very well known as like a auteur director. But this movie was kind of edited like a comedy um, and not like a old school comedy, like literally like modern day comedy, like some of the shot like sequ- Seinfeld yeah well like some of the shot sequences sometimes don't even <laughs> not Seinfeld I wish no no I mean like some of the shot sequences don't even like match up sometimes because and, and it reminds me of like other comedies that are just kind of like slapped together at times but it kind of makes it funnier the way that some of these like I think it's because I've watched it so many times but there's certainly way more I guess what you would say continuity errors in the editing in this Scorsese film mm-hmm. versus his others but I almost feel like it's done that way because they're trying to make it like a modern comedy um, and I think it is Leonardo DiCaprio's best performance um, awful that he did not win for this performance I, I cannot get over the fact that he won for The Revenant but not for this movie because I'm like dude is mm-hmm. throwing himself downstairs like this is and it's a weird it's a movie that just does not stop like they just keep finding ways to like top themselves with like the craziness Mm. that's going on you know and uh yeah it's it's a journey and i i just like it you know it's very similar to you know movies that he's done before like goodfellas or the departed but you know where it's like kind of a longer movie that just is very short edited sequences of a person's life in crime but this one, I think, is his best. Like, I think this is just done the best. I like this more than The Departed or Goodfellas. And um, I just rewatched it recently. I, I have a poster on my wall. Like, I love the movie. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen it. Dude, oh, we have to take a <laughs> night. We we all got to get Actually, together and watch it. Justin, I think you're the only person who's seen it. I've seen it. You've seen it? Yeah, see it? 
Chloe, I always knew you had good taste in film. She is the only other film connoisseur here. You other two. It it almost made my list. Almost. It's probably in my top 15. Yes. We should the top 15 just so she could have talked about it. (laughs) Like, I. No, we should all watch it one night. You know what? I might. I don't want to spoil it. Maybe I'll just make that my movie so then we all have to watch it, but. I mean, do it. (laughs) It's a good movie. I'd be down to watch it. Mm-hmm. If I would like to go over and watch it at your house, if you're if you're into it, because I don't, it's not you can't stream it. I've been trying to, I've been waiting for it to come out to stream for like three years, and it still hasn't shown up anywhere. Yeah, it was stream, on like so. I watched it. It was on Netflix. It was on Netflix for a short period of time. I don't think it's on there anymore. But yeah, we should watch it. I got a Blu-ray of it. Oh, yeah, it's we're almost all, all. That can be our first post-COVID yeah. movie back together. We're almost all bead. True. I've That's almost true. been chipped. <laughs> almost got the full bead. Yep, I got four out of the five just waiting on that number five. So, yeah. Gotta get that, <laughs> uh, that AstraZeneca. It's not street legal yet. It's not street legal. <laughs> <laughs> My number six is... How to talk to girls at parties. Hunter showed me this movie, and it's oh, that's fantastic. cool. Every time I watch it, dude, I cry. I can't help yeah. it. So good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a really beautiful movie. Yeah, like it's not like a classic rom com by any means, but it's like sci fi, punk rock, super like outcasty romantic. Yeah, why haven't you shown it to me? That sounds great. I don't know. We own it. Yeah, it's like got some goofiness in it, kind of like sorry to bother you almost, or like... Yeah, like it's um, the pace and the editing is super weird, but it's like mm -hmm. done so well, like you can forgive that. Yeah. Just for the content. Yeah. Um... This year I watched uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch for the first time, which is also written and directed by that same guy. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least written by the same guy. I'm not sure if he directed it also. Um, and that movie is also very weird. Um, and you might like it, you might hate it. It's not really a romance. It's it's really like... I just thought like a weird movie overall but like also extremely like beautiful in its yeah. weirdness and stuff um well, yeah, and the storytelling I, like, I don't know if i like this just for the romance part or if it's just because it's so out there like yeah i'll have to check that out because i almost want to test that and see like what why do i like this because <laughs> i still don't really know why after like watching it four or five times like yeah i think i just really connect with this movie and i still can't it's Hedwig and the Angry Inch is like way more weird, I think, in a way. But I don't know. Not it is more weird, and it's also not as weird. But I don't, you just have to watch it, I guess. But like, it's also a lot deeper, I think, than this one. Like, like How to Talk to Girls at Parties is is a lot more of like an easygoing movie. It's easier to watch than Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, but there's similarities in it. And I I haven't seen anything else that guy did, but I really want to after seeing those two movies. So he's a playwriter. The guy who wrote both those, I think. He he's like he mainly writes plays. So 
a lot of his movies play like a play. Yeah. My number six is Hereditary. <laughs> so this that this movie introduced me to very quickly becoming like my favorite director of all time. I love. He only has two movies that I've seen, but I absolutely love them. They're incredible. They're perfect in my eyes. Like they're straight up masterpieces. And after seeing Hereditary, I saw it before Midsummer had come out. I was so freaking excited to see Midsummer. And like the the movies are Hereditary and Midsummer are so different from each other, but they still have like he's hiding stuff through the whole movie to help clue you in on what's gonna happen and it's just it's incredible. It's so awesome. I want you to see it. We should watch it. It's so good. <laughs> Hereditary? Yeah. Okay. We talked yeah. so much about Midsummer just now. I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember which one we were actually talking about because yeah, we always right. talk about them together. Every time I talk about one, I have to talk about the other just because I love them both so much. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't want to talk about it too much, but it's just, it's awesome. It's messed up. It's freaky, but it's so good. Mm -hmm. Well, well. No, I'm down. I'm down for anything. I'm just... I really want to just... Baby. I just... No, I really want to watch movies with all of us mm -hmm. together. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many things I want to watch together. It's hard to just watch movies. So I'm, I'm guessing you guys all saw it. Justin, right. have you seen yeah. Hereditary? Yeah, it was like my second favorite of 2018. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I liked it a lot. It freaked Absolutely me out. It is so free. So Hereditary and Midsummer are the only two horror movies that I've seen within the last two years that have actually freaked me out. They're just freaky on so many levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Midsummer made me like really sick. <laughs> like just watching it. Um, yeah. But then, In the best way. I yeah. really, I'm really thing about wanting to watch Hereditary is that people keep talking it up so much. I'm scared that it won't be as, See, as crazy as people keep Well, it's not even and like I'm... it's crazy. It's just, it's just like, it's way, it's kind of relatable almost of a movie where I always say that scene that not even that I've experienced loss or death the way they did, but just that idea of like getting home, you know, you're in trouble, you know, you're going to get caught and you just kind of got to sit with it. And I'm like, that scene is always like, there's something so relatable about that where I'm like, I feel like I've been in that situation where I'm like, I'm home and I know there's something that is going to get caught and I literally don't know what to do except just wait and just wait for it to be found and just be like, oh, and it happened. People don't even know like what the deal is. And that's good. Sure. You don't need to know. Yeah. You don't need to... I had no idea what I was getting into when I went to watch it. And I feel like that only added to the experience. Like it's not ghosts or anything. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> There's another movie that like it has like almost the exact same premise that's really popular, and I'm not gonna say it in case you know what that movie is. Gotcha. But when you watch Hereditary and you know of this other movie, you'll be like, Oh, I see what's going on. Blades of Glory? Yeah. Okay. Balls of Fury, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I gotta say, like the marketing Bench for that movie was really smart too. Because I don't know, it kind of had like the typical 
like creepy almost ghost-like movie trailer but i like that they focus so much on the girl and they made her such a big important part of the movie and she is but like the marketing was pretty good at making it like really seem like it's going to be one movie and then it kind of throws you for a twist um the way things happen so I really liked the marketing campaign that movie had. Like, it had a really smart trailer where it was, where it was like, mm. it made me want to see it, but it made it seem like it wasn't going to be as, like, twisty as it was. Uh, I didn't see any trailers for this. I didn't, like, I it was, it was just, like, all of a sudden, like, on Amazon Prime, and I just watched it, and... Yeah, it's great. It's fabulous. My turn? My number six is Whiplash. I don't know why I'm forgetting. Damien Chazelle, that's his name. Um, knowing, like, everyone said this is, like, the best movie they had seen that year. And um, at the time, I was, like, living somewhere where the people who I was living with, like, didn't want me to watch any rated R movies. And, like... They would like check to make sure I wasn't watching rated R movies. <laughs> um, but uh, and I knew I wanted to watch this movie, and I heard that the language was just a lot, a lot of cursing. <laughs> uh, and so I went and like secretly red boxed it, and like quick watched it, and then drove it back and put it back in the red box immediately, so I didn't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh. Damn, this movie uh, is incredible, and I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but um, have you seen it, Justin? Yeah. Yeah, no, and I like this movie a lot. It's my favorite of his movies. Um, yeah. I didn't. I, I liked La La Land okay, and I thought First Man was kind of boring, but this movie was, like, good. I think the only thing that, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I feel like the movie... It's a it's a weird message where I think it kind of threw me off the first time. I guess just reading about what people got out of it, where they're like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly how it should be. You know, people are tough. People can be <laughs> harsh, but that's how you learn. And I'm like, I, I don't know if that's what it was about. I'm like, wasn't it about this guy, like, went to such far lengths to become the best? And yeah, he became the best. But I'm like, didn't he kind of go, like, insane? Like, didn't he kind of, like, ruin a lot of his relationships and... Like, yeah, sure, it ends on a happy note, I guess, but even his, like, father's kind of looking at him like, what the, he's good, but, like, it's not my son anymore. And, I don't Mm -hmm. know, it's kind of got, like, one of those weird mixed messages where it's, like, I feel like if you watch the movie and you got the people who believe in the, what is it called? It's nature versus nurture. Is that what the theory is, basically, of, like, parenthood? I feel mm-hmm. like any of those people of both sides watch this movie, they will come, it, they will believe it's supporting their conclusion, which is kind of like weird where it's like, I feel like anybody mm-hmm. who watches this, it, it won't, it's not even going to like change minds. It's just going to be like, yep, that's exactly it. And it's like the other side will watch and be like, see, that's exactly what's wrong with that. And it's like, <laughs> so I guess it's just like, yep, that's what happened. I don't know. That's why it threw me off the first time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, it threw me off, too. It, it, I mean, every time I watch it, it still does. It makes me wonder about who I am as a person and, like, my goals and, like, am I determined enough to achieve this thing or, like, 
is that an unnecessary pressure that I'm putting on myself or I'm trying to live up to someone else's expectations? Or is it like, you know, something that like is, I have to prove to myself and not to anyone else, but I have to prove that to myself, I can do this thing, you know, toxic culture of like, um, achieving things for the sake of achieving them. Um, but also like points to like this inner, like, you know, manifest destiny type of thing where you can like make yourself do the impossible and just how it balances that pressure of like living for yourself and living for someone else um is the movie is incredible it it makes that inner dialogue with both perspectives and then walk away defending it um but for me like it has me like questioning my own my own values and like self-worth and stuff when i watch whiplash um and it's just it's incredible because of that and i think it's movie making that makes you feel like that and have those thoughts is like it's an incredible movie when it you know can make you um have that kind of an inner dot it's good highly recommend it zach and chloe it's very 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 good yeah it's that's one of those like top like oscar movies that i've been meaning to that I just haven't gone to yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks intense from like just the trailers that I remember. Very intense. You should watch the Weird Al parody. <laughs> Is there a Weird Al parody? Yeah, it's just it's the whole it's the scene where they the first time he's with J.K. Simmons in the band room. It's just that scene, but it's it's Weird Al instead. And everything is pretty much the same, except Weird Al is just being himself, and yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> I'll define that. I'll go watch it. Well, I don't know if I should watch that until after. No, wait after. Watch it after, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, my number six on my list is Zootopia. The... I guess I would say the second best buddy cop movie of the 2010s and the best bunny (laughs) cop movie of... Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, I I love this movie. Wow. (laughs) I just rewatched this movie again, and it's it's still very funny. Um, I've only seen it once, and I only remember the blood, blood, and death, like at the very beginning. Oh yeah, that part's really funny when they're doing like that play reenactment. Yeah, like so yeah. obviously like this is a it's kind of like a huge like everybody in the movie is meant to be like a stand-in for you know like racism and bigotry in our culture, I guess. Um I and you know like the only thing about that is that like I don't know if a lot of the stand-ins really work across the board because i think like i don't know it's just it's a little it's i i think there's just a few problems there with it because i think it's better to watch the movie and think it's about you know racism in general and why it's wrong rather than watch it and try to like fit in everybody in the real world and fit in who everybody stands for because like it won't make any sense in the end um and i was doing that the first time watching it and it really threw me off. That happens a like lot in this list. A lot of throwing myself off while watching movies. 
So you're trying to like match a type of species of animal with like a race? Well, because I guess the idea was okay. So like the predators um, are like the big scary guys, or who could like you know they're like classic predators who go after the prey, but they're not like that anymore. Um, and I guess because everybody starts to have like a negative perception, like towards them. I, I was assuming that, oh, the negative perception towards them is because they're meant to be uh, African-Americans, I guess, right? Well, in their society, though, all the predators are, like, in charge, and they're, like, kind of in power. So I was like, okay, well, that's not correct then. I was like, okay, so I guess the prey are meant to be the, like, African-Americans, right? And then it was like, well, no, because she becomes a cop, and then she has that, like fox sprayer thing and i was like oh so is the fox meant to be the african-american and i was like okay i guess that's the only one that kind of makes but that's what i mean like it kind of throws you through a bunch of different loopholes because where i'm like i don't really know what everyone's supposed to stand for and then it's way easier if you just watch the movie and across the board you're like oh no i just think it's about racism and bigotry in general yeah it's a general statement it's not like right Cause like if if they wanted to make it super obvious, like they wouldn't have Jason Bateman play play the fox. They'd have some like African American actor. Well, and I think yeah. too, like the the movie kind of and the, the the fact that they don't make like any real life stand-ins for anyone, they can still make some other like you know points about what happens in the real world without like really offending anybody like when they go and see the sloths and you know she immediately like is this is not going to be good because they're going to go super slow when searching for everything and then she's he's like what are you making a generalization and she's like no i'm not trying to but it's like no but it it is true though they are going to be really slow at it (laughs) and so i was like i i like stuff like that in the movie where it's just kind of it is making a statement about you know you shouldn't be racist you shouldn't make fun of people but also there there's some good humor in there where i'm like yeah because there is some humor to be found like it's not i guess i would say it's not like a completely i think people saw the movie and they were like politically correct garbage and i'm like i don't know i some of the stuff is kind of politically incorrect though if you if you're watching it in that kind of realm where like not anybody's really a stand-in for anyone else i know i keep talking about this because that's really not the whole movie like it's a really good buddy cop adventure movie that um it's probably like the most quirky that disney animation studios has gotten um with some pretty good meta humor at times as well and i just got really invested in like the main characters i think it's a very heartwarming story especially with uh nick wilde the fox and um it seems like one of those movies that totally is made to have like multiple sequels like you could make so many like more movies out of this series with just the cops because i mean i don't know they had four lethal weapon movies why can't they have way more zootopias and they still haven't done a sequel they haven't announced one they're making a tv show but it has nothing to do with the cops it has to do with other characters in zootopia and i'm like this is boggling my mind like this was one of the highest grossing movies of theirs it was like one of the most critically acclaimed and make a sequel i don't know it bothers me but I love it. Mm-hmm. It's been like six years or something since it came out now. And um, I need to 
rewatch it because I remember it being really good and and I don't remember all the more nitty gritty details. Yeah. I've only seen um, that make the movie so good. So. The rest of my list is pretty easy. It's just all Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Fast <laughs> uh, Furious Seven. Wait, wait, oh wait, Fate of the Furious and Hobbs and Shaw. I forgot there are okay, there is enough. I could do five. Ha <laughs> I didn't even realize that. That was just a don't I wasn't I didn't realize there were actually five in the twenty tens. That works out perfectly. I'm gonna re edit wait. my list. Look for real, did you guys see that fast nine trailer? Dude, they go to space. They go to space. And they're gonna t- they wanna bring dinosaurs into it. They wanna do uh like a combined movie <laughs> with Jurassic World, and I was like, "Please do it." Are they gonna start putting in Paul Walker's Force Ghost? <laughs> you know what's weird is that they keep referencing him because, like, they they had him in the seventh movie, but they didn't kill him off. But they had him kind of like written out where he was gonna like be a father now, and he was gonna kind of move out of the group. But then they had him somewhat referenced in the eighth movie, and then they're showing him in like the ninth movie's trailer, and I'm like, you don't have to keep referencing him. Like, yeah, they show him in the ninth movie. I'm like, you realize like you can't bring him back into it unless you do CG, and I'm like, you really, and that the thing is, I think Vin Diesel would do it. I think he'd be like, no, we're gonna bring Paul back. Like those sons of bitches. Good episode, everyone. Good half episode. See you next time. Yeah. It was awesome talking with you guys. Also. Thanks for listening to part one of our top 10 2010s movies. Were there any surprises and do you have any guesses for our upcoming part two where we will discuss our top five favorite films? Leave a comment on this episode, like our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and look out for part two coming extremely soon. And always beware of the cinema swamp. <laughs>